So we'll thank you all for coming. And some of you are new. Welcome, welcome. So first we're going to just chant Om. Om is sort of the the cosmic sound of perfect wholeness. Perfect wholeness, which is why we're all here. We're all trying to move towards wholeness, which means a perfect balance. So you'll take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath in, release the breath, and open the eyes. So with this OM, you have A-U-M. And then the fourth, the fourth element of OM is silence. A for creation, U for sustaining, M for dissolving. And the silence is the beyond. See? So you have sort of the cycle of creation and that which is beyond creation. That's what the, the Om uh, is a, part of the symbolism of the, of, of the Om. To have all of those things in, in perfect balance and in perfect fullness. Um, the topic today? Living spirituality. Living spirituality. Okay. And today's date? Uh, January 20th. <laughs> January 20th, 2019. Okay, good. So, welcome to you guys that are completely new. Do you have any yoga background at all? No? <laughs> okay. You can ask a question anytime. <laughs> you know, and... Um, Matter of fact, try to ask a question. And the reason I, I say that to you is because I want it to be relevant. You know, if I start talking about something, something, you know, far away, and it has no relevancy to you, what's the point? <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> so, it, the, the, the purpose of a, a, a satsang is to be able to, to, to deliver information that, that brings you to a greater wholeness, greater balance, a greater personal sense of, of sanctity that makes sense in your life. See? There's not a truth. There's multiple truths. Depending on your level of consciousness, there's this level of truth. And if your consciousness is a little bit more, then there's another level of truth. There's not one truth. 
there's, a, there's truths that are all relevant to what level of consciousness you're, you're, you're functioning at, you know, where you are. To give a common example of that, is if you're like heavy, heavy, heavy into uh, uh, football, when I'm talking to you, I should, I should give you examples that relate to sports, see? So that you can understand. And if, I, if you're heavily into football and I start giving you examples in a satsang or a, a spiritual discussion that are more pertinent to abstract art, you're not going to get it. You know? So I should, I should use uh, analogies and similes that refer to where you are. Or if you're into heavy science and I start to talk in reference to poetry, (laughs) chances are there's not much of a dialogue. So uh, I I always want to try to do things in in such a way um, that they're relevant, relevant to you. Uh, with this topic of uh, living spirituality um, is the gas one I smell gas yeah this uh... let me just check that <laughs> otherwise people will be sort of dozing off <laughs> and then maybe dozing out <laughs> I smell gas Okay. In this yoga life, as you move along, you acquire hyper-awareness. You know, your senses become more and more and more sharpened. Sharpened. In this topic of, of living spirituality, What we're trying to get, the, the point that we're trying to get across, um, we, you have religiousness and then you have spirituality. Religiousness is, is sort of ethics, values, and, and spiritual pursuits in the context of a religion, which is a, a very uh, particular form, whether it's Christianity or Islam or Judaism or you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, it's a particular body, a particular theology, a particular methodology, a particular worldview. That, that's when you're dealing with religion. When you're dealing with spirituality, it's far, far, far more fluid. <laughs> you know, far, far, far less boundaries and less rigid definitions in, in, in terms of this is the way. <laughs> The, the truth is there's like many, 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 many ways. Just like God created a gazillion different types of humans, a gazillion different types of flowers. See? He also, that reality, it also uh, created many, many paths to wholeness. Matter of fact, as many, path, as many human beings as there are, that's how many paths there are to wholeness. You all, you all have your own unique journey to wholeness. Um, 
and you have various guides, the Dharma teachers, who can listen to you and sort of get a feel of where you are to help you make the next most skillful step. That's what the Dharma teachers do. That they help you make a skillful step. You're going to take steps no matter what. <laughs> you know, every, Everybody is seeking fulfillment one way or the other. So we're doing all kinds of stuff. Some of the stuff is skillful. Some of the stuff not so much. Some of the stuff outright havoc. <laughs> you know? Especially the young boys. All the young men. We've done unbelievably crazy things in our youth that could have gotten us killed. You know, because we were, we had that uh, joy, adventurism, which we thought was leading to some wholeness, but, you know, often reckless. Could you open that door for them? Make sure it's not locked. Ram, Krishna, Ram, Krishna. A whole bunch of kids have come in. Good. So we, we seek wholeness in skilled, unskilled, and sometimes reckless manners. Like, you know, sometimes we'll have done crazy things who will say, that was great. And then later on we think, I could have gotten killed doing that. You know? <laughs> if you see the young boys driving their cars ruthlessly fast on windy roads late at night, <laughs> You know, that's an example. Uh, well, we're seeking some kind of a creative wholeness there, some type of fulfillment there, but it, it's uh, painfully reckless. Hmm. Yeah, just scoot in. Sorry for that large table today. It's raining outside. Welcome, children. It's very nice to see all of you. Okay. The children are all growing up. Hey, where's Lily today? She's really bad. I see. Okay. So with this uh, process of living, living spirituality, you have multiple ways of, of trying to uh, come to know your deeper self better. You, know, you, you have two uh, oceans that you live in. One is your personality ocean, and then one is the very, 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 very deep ocean of your solar self. Generally, you're conscious of your, of a portion, of your personality. Your personality, you know, has you can making. I'm saying things in a very simple way. Uh, you have your conscious and your unconscious uh, aspects. So you're conscious of what you're conscious, of, but you have many impulses that are unconscious, that are motivating you to do this or that. That is also part of your personality because it manifests in the world but you may not be conscious of why you feel this way or why you're motivated to do this or to do that. 
is unconscious motivation. There's conscious motivation and unconscious motivation. So your personality is what you're primarily familiar with. You're, you're not really that familiar with your, your solar, your solar uh, beingness, um, which is essentially who and what you are. But we're masked by our personality. So there's many uh, methods that are conventionally used uh, for us to uh, come in tune with uh, our own deeper personality, our, our, our own reality, our, our solar self. Those practices are meditation, mantra, prayer, sacred reflection, uh, divine study, satsang, puja. All of those, all of those are methods, methods of sanctity. Please come in. Just squeeze in. This is like Victor's crew. <laughs> <laughs> This here and there's a chair over there. Okay. Yeah. Meditation is a is is a method of um, allowing to consciously put your common personality. <clears throat> on pause and if, if you put it on pause then you get to, to have a, an opportunity for a deeper experience that's beyond your personality right now we're living in the ocean of personality all the time 24-7 what I think, what I feel you know, that's all your, your, your personality stuff you're living in it 24-7 and you have no other reality. Any, any other reality is sort of, uh, in your mind, existential. But there is a, there is a, a greater beingness. And, and that greater beingness is, is experienced through meditation, where you, where you simply put your thought process and your personality temporarily on pause to say, okay, if, I, if I'm just internally, psychically quiet, is there anything going on? Is there anything going on? Yes or no? Well, we, we never ask ourselves that question because we never put our, our psychic activity on pause. <laughs> you know, is there, is, is, are there other physics going on beyond what lies in our active personality? So that it allows you to to, to get a, a glimpse uh, of a, a vaster realm of activity beyond your, your very uh, volatile personality. I, I say volatile, meaning it's changing all the time. I feel this this second. I feel that the next second. I think this one second. I think that the next second. See? It's just changing all the time. Your physicality is physically changing all the time. You motions, man. See, you're living in a very volatile sea. Um, 
So meditation, you have meditation in every culture where people <coughs> learn to <coughs> enter the silence <coughs> to, to explore whether there's a greater reality. Then you have that the practice of, of prayer. Um, prayer is a, a method of um, of entering a dialogue with the sacred, where that you say somewhere in existence the sacred is there, and um, you enter into dialogue. It becomes like a conversation. Um, and the reflection. So that, that, that's the, the, the prayer process. Um, then you have mantra. Mantra is sacred utterance. Some mantras have meanings. Uh, some mantra doesn't have a, a meaning per se, but it has an effect. See? Just like if I take a symbol and clang it. There's no meaning to that clanging, but doesn't it have an effect on your nervous system? Yes, <laughs> it does. So there's some, some mantras that don't have a technical meaning, but has a very profound effect, you know, physically, emotionally, psychically, mentally, all these things. <clears throat> and some uh, have very particular meanings. But all mantra has an effect. See, all mantra takes you on a journey. So then you have the process of reflection. Reflection is saying, you know, what have the, who are the, who are the persons in humanity who have demonstrated genuine and significant wisdom and what do I think about what they had to say? That's reflection. When you, when you isolate the wisdom teachers, the Dharma teachers of your culture or other cultures, and then take the time to, to deeply think about what they had to say and what its meaning in your life is. That's, that's reflection. So those are some of the main, main methods um, of uh, of sort of finding your own sanctity. I wanted to talk about um, some very particular uh, practices. Um, some of you guys are are pretty new, so uh, I'm debating in my mind. <laughs> as to how technical to get uh, because I don't want to sort of lose you in the in the midst of these practices because you're new I'm, de I'm delaying because it, I wanted to talk about so many other uh, things but okay with this spiritual living, what we're really trying to talk about is how to create a particular culture within yourself. 
just like you all have particular diets. I'm an omnivore. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a vegan. You basically live by that. That's 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 part of your lifestyle. How how you've chosen to eat. See. Um, that it, it's part of your living daily physical culture. So there's there's spiritual practices that are just like that, just like your your chosen dietetic, where it's something that you do every day. If if you're a vegetarian, you're not a vegetarian today and not tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you're a vegetarian. You know, or a vegan, or an omnivore. You know, it, it's it's part of your daily ritual. It's, it's not other. It's not special to you. It's just who you are and how you do it. So with this concept of living spirituality, it's really talking about how do you bring practices into your life that you consider perfectly normal. Like if you're an omnivore or a vegetarian, you consider that perfectly normal. You do it every day, you don't think about it, and that's just part of your lifestyle. So in our life, in, in the yogic process, we have a body of practices that we do every day. We don't think about it. It's just part of our life, just like if you're a vegetarian or an omnivore. It's just part of who you are. So. There's many, many high practices, but many of you people, or, or family people, or young people, or people on the go with lots of physical challenges, so the very, very deep uh, practices you, you're not prepared to do right now. You know, you're not going to sit for three hours of meditation a day. You're not gonna, it's not going to happen right now. You know, we've got to be real. But there are other things that you can do uh, that are extremely vital and, and, and uh, uh, can, can, uh, can bring you very, very far into spiritual life and into, into uh, spiritual insight and, in, in, and into a living mysticism. Ultimately, in this yoga life, you want to know whether divinity is real, sanctity is real, the saints are real, whether mysticism is real. It's a science. You want to know for sure. You don't want to be guessing about it. You just don't want to say, oh, you just don't want to be, oh, hopeful. I hope this is so. No, you want to know for yourself. So the whole body of practices in yoga are a body of practices to give you a living experience so that you know for yourself so that you're you're not just relying on faith it's faith that gets you moving and then there's experience that validates your faith see you know if the, if your faith is not validated there's always a question mark which is not that great not you know not that productive you're sort of just always hoping for the best, but not knowing. The, the yogi wants you to know for sure. There's a very... Uh, uh, oh, and, and each person 
should have a, like a little tiny notebook and, and over time just start collecting prayers, prayers that have meaning to you as an individual and also prayers that the Dharma teacher recommends because there's usually something uh, that he, wa- he or she wants you to mind, you know, to dig out and to see the value of. So, you know, prayers um, give you an insight into how saints think. You know how you think, and you generally know something about how your friends think, but you don't know a whole lot about how saints think, how they think and what their worldview is. You can find that out through the studying prayers, you know, how a saint sees the world. Always ask, why does he think this? Why did he say that? You know, you know why, why did he have this opinion? You should ask, why all the time? That, so that becomes the basis of your contemplation. Um, you, you should be uh, actively dissecting prayers um, and uh, ferreting out its, its meaning. So it's not like you, you have a prayer and you say it like a, a parrot. That, that's basically useless. You should have a prayer and you should be psychically you know, dissecting it all the time. You know, what is the philosophy of this prayer? You know, what are the, the, the particular dictates or commandments within this prayer? What is the particular method he's, he or she is uh, asking you to, to uh, look at? So, very, very useful. So, just over time, start making a search through all the world literature, you know, all the saints of the world, all the various religions and traditions, mystical traditions, and, 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 and find prayers that have some meaning to you and that make you think, see? So that you're, you're not just uh, caught up as a media person, you know, with the internet and the telephone and the, you know, all the different media sources. They're not leading you to any sense of completion. They might be leading you to many, many compulsions. <laughs> I want more of this, I want more of that. But they're not leading you to any sense of uh, completion, any sense of, uh, uh, of stable happiness. <laughs> See? It's, it's, it's more, more fancy soda or more fancy car. And then you get that and you're not really satisfied. You got it, but you're not satisfied. The, the, the prayers want to get you to a point of contentment in the world. You know, how many people are content? We're all like running around very, very restless, emotionally restless, psychologically restless, physically restless. The, the, the prayers are, are trying to get you to a place of, of contentment and, and insight to have a, a sort of an elevated view of the world not just a common mundane view of the world. I had a, a very a friend, uh, Swami Shivananda Radha, um, used to uh, talk about a prayer that she had learned from a great master uh, called the Divine Light Invocation. And uh, it's... Uh, 
I am created by divine light. I am sustained by divine light. I am protected by divine light. I am surrounded by divine light. I am ever growing into divine light. So she used to teach that prayer all the time. It's really <coughs> useful. It's really, really useful to, to start thinking about it. It's very philosophical to say, well, what is this divine light? And, and then what, is, what meaning does it have to you in your life? And where has the word divine and light, you know, happened in various religious traditions? You know, and what does light mean? It, it, it's, it's, it, it takes you on a, on a journey. And you have to ask the question, what is divine? You know? And I, I was created out of light. What does that mean? You know, this is the kind of stuff that you have to, you have to start uh, thinking about. You know, that you were created out of a burst of cosmic light. Wow, that's a big thought, you know. You know, and that you're sustained by that light. And that you're protected by that light. And that you're surrounded by that light. See, if you keep thinking about it, and that you're ever growing into that light, if you actually keep thinking about it, that's going to change your life. Because it's, so much of how you live is based on how you perceive yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? How will you perceive yourself determines a lot about how you experience this world. So with a prayer like that, it, it forces you to think about yourself in a far, far grander way. That you're not just this little puny you know, filament in the world. That you were literally, and, and, not, and that you're just birthed from a mother and a father. You know, in, in a very, you know, elementary and microscopic way, but that you you were you were birthed out of a cosmic light. Now that's another that's another identity. See, it's another identity that that you have to start thinking about yourself. Uh, this has a very positive positive effect. You know, how many people? run through the, through the world thinking, I'm so small, I'm so weak, I'm so poor, I'm so vulnerable. You know, all this negative rubbish that we run through, through our, our minds that are so profoundly self-limiting. <laughs> See? You know? That's where you say, wait a minute, I was born out of cosmic light. <laughs> Now that's another identity. That's that's another identity. Your mama and your papa didn't tell you that. See? You know, you, you can gather a tremendous sense of strength and potency when you say that my birth was out of a was out of divine cosmic light. And and over time where that starts to take on a meaning. That I'm and I'm sustained by that light. And I'm protected by that light. And I'm surrounded by that light. And I'm ever growing into that light. See, so by saying a prayer like that, you're sort of rewiring your brain and rewiring your self-image and rewiring your opportunity for communion. 
because, you know, you're sitting there thinking, I am so-and-so, I am this race, I am this culture, I am this nationality. Those are all putting limited scripts on you. As where if you all of a sudden saying, wait a minute, I'm birthed of a divine cosmic light. You know, all of a sudden, you're not limited by your gender, you're not limited by your race, you're not limited by your culture, or your geography, your nationality. Wait a minute, I'm a product of divine cosmic light. Holy mackerel. That's a revelation, especially when you start to believe it. In the beginning, it's just a contemplation. But when you start to say, wait a minute, you know, there's some traction in this, you know? If you, if you start reading sacred literature, the, the, the saints of all the religions you know, talk, talk about a vaster beingness than our, just our common limited self. You know, if you look at the Islamic tradition and, and look at the work of Rumi, that'll just blow your mind. Because he had a cosmic view of human, <coughs> of human potentiality. Or if you look at the Chinese tradition within Buddhism or within Taoism, uh, how Laos too in Taoism, or how Gautama Buddha, you know, saw the human condition. Huge, huge cosmic vision of what we are. See, yoga wants to break your limitations, your infinite limitations. I'm a woman. I'm vulnerable. I'm weak. Yogi says, heck with that. You know, you, you, you're like a, a, you know, a cosmic goddess. You know, or a cosmic man. You know, quit with the limitations. You know, that, that's, not, that's not your genuine, authentic identity. That's what was put on you. You know, it was put on you and you're wearing it. You know, and you've limited yourself by it. Yoga is a science that takes the being and moves them from the finite to the infinite. It yokes, the word yoga technically means yoke, to yoke together. To yoke together the finite to the infinite. You know, the human to the cosmic divine reality. See? Human is a little small vulnerable creature. But you're more than that. You're more than that. You know? So, by taking on a prayer uh, like that divine light invocation, your, your whole world view can change. You see? So you, you do that divine light invocation, and then you just stop for just five minutes. Put your little timer on, your, on our clocks. We all have timers on them. Just hit the five-minute button. And then just sit without thinking, just, just holding the silence for five minutes, you know? And you start doing that every single day, every single day. Just like you have a particular diet that you, it's normal to you, you do it every day. You start to do these kind of contemplations every day. Because your worldview is not going to change in a day. Your worldview will change over the course of time. 
your, your self-image was not developed in a day. Your self-image was developed over the course of time. But was, what was developed can be redeveloped, and what was de- redeveloped can be developed in, even in a higher way. You know, it's, it's like a kid who thinks he's no good in athletics until he finds that, you know, we're in athletics, he's good, you know? If he's, before he's saying, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't, you know, until someone says, well, why don't you take up this, or why don't you try that? He finds out he's a good swimmer, or he's good at archery. Or he's like watching all the basketball players, and he's only five foot three, so he's I'm not good at it. But, you know, the guy might be a great swimmer, see? But because he wasn't good at basketball, and he's only five foot three, he's thinking, I'm not good in sports. Well, really? Really? It just meant you didn't inquire enough to find out really where your strength lies. See? So with this type of inquiry via prayer, you're, you're sort of finding hidden strengths within you. You're thinking, I'm five foot three, and I, you know, I, I can't lift 100 pounds. You know? Really? Really? Come on, man. <laughs> You, you, it, it means you, you've got to learn the method to build your strengths. You've got to look around to see where your, 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 your true potentialities are. See? You know, you, from, from the yoga point of view, we're all children of the kingdom. That means within us is infinite power, infinite sanctity. See? Infinite power, infinite sanctity. The question is, have you, have you skillfully found how to, to, to bring it on board, how to birth it into your conscious reality. You know, it's sitting unconscious within you. Now let's, can you make it conscious? See? So by that uh, reflection in prayer, that philosophical reflection in prayer, and that constant reciting of it to yourself, you know, you become who you make yourself. <coughs> Why is it all, everybody here have a different personality? That's who you made. You know, that, that you, you accepted this idea, you accepted this philosophy, you accepted this self-image. You're the one who accepted those self-images. You know, if someone calls me Johnny, 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 and I don't accept it, I'm not Johnny. <laughs> See, I'll respond to my name. You know, it's what you accept. You know, you're the, you're the architect. Whatever you accept becomes, you know, your idea of self, your idea of personality, your idea of potentiality. See, the yogi is trying to get you to accept a much larger view of yourself. So we're not limited by your culture. You're not limited by your race. You're not limited by your gender. See? What's with all the limitations? (laughs) You know, give it a break. Give it a rest. You know, you, 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 you know, God has given you sort of nuclear potential. The deal is for each human being to find how to utilize it. <laughs> See? It's, it's us that are putting all the limitations on ourselves. That's, that's the human problem. Infinite limitations that we put on ourselves. See? So the, the yoga science is trying to break us of that, of that body of infinite limitations. <clears throat> You know, I have red hair, so this is how I am. I have blonde hair, so this is how I am. Come on, give me a break. You know, 
And then, we, unfortunately, we have the, <coughs> the, uh, the media who says the blondes are this way and brunettes are that way. Come on. And we buy it as human beings. We buy that nonsense. Mm-hmm. So we dress this way and we behave that way. You know? It's, it, it, it's such an utter disaster. You know? That we have to understand how much outside forces that we accept consciously or unconsciously are profoundly limiting. <laughs> profoundly limiting. See? We have to learn to we have to learn to grab acquire some kind of internal sovereignty. You know, when when you when you sit in meditation, you're no longer creating. You know, every time you feel something, every time you think something, you Every time we look out, we're, we're interpreting the universe with everything we do, emotionally, intellectually, psychically, we're always interpreting. We're, we're interpreting with in, insufficient equipment. When you sit for meditation, all your common tools of interpreting the world are put aside. And what, what, what you allow to occur is a, a greater facility to rise up in you called the intuitive facility to be able to experience things as they are without laying your stuff on it. <laughs> See? Without you interpreting it. Just have it manifest as it is. Without your opinion. Without your interpretation. Without your psychic limitation. See? That's why this meditation process is very expansive. You, you can't practice meditation and not become a more expansive, uh, more insightful being. It's just not possible. And if that's not happening, you're not practicing correctly. You're just not practicing correctly. That's all there is to it. You know? So that's why you need a good teacher to stay on top of you, to, to make sure that you're a following methodology that is unshackling you. Because we're so used to shackles that they quietly creep in again. I, exp- I see the world this way. If you look at, at your race, or your social status, or your nationality, those are all tools of how you interpret and view the world. When you stop, when you have to sit for meditation, all those tools of judging and interpreting the world, your social status, your skin color, your nationality, all of that is put aside. And now when you put all that stuff aside, then how do you see the world? Then how do you experience the world? When the lenses of your, your gender are taken off, the lenses of your social economic condition or your political position are taken off. Can you see the type of creative novel, novelty that, that arises? That, that unshackled vision of the world that, that you could acquire? So these... These internal practices, these sadhanas, are, are there to unshackle you, to free you, to, to allow you to have deeper, truer vision and freer, you know, freer. See, that's why we pursue this, this yoga science. It's, it's, it's the science of freedom, see? You know, if, if you don't know that you're bound, you never seek to be unbound. 
We just sort of accept our bound condition like this is normal. And the teachers come along, and that's why sometimes people don't really like teachers, because we say, oh my God, you're tied down by so many issues. You know, we don't want to hear that. Everyone wants to hear, oh, you're wonderful, you're glorious, you know, you know, you got a great smile. You know. And the teacher comes along and goes, oh my God, you've got so many issues. <laughs> Come on, get, get free of this stuff, you know. You know, you're born to fly and here you are, you know, dragging weights behind you. You know, drop that stuff. See, so, you know, sometimes people don't, are not that appreciative or happy with teachers because, A lot of human beings have accepted their misery. That's what they're adjusted to. So they say, this is life. And the teacher goes, no, this is not life. This is bondage. You know? Come on, get out of that. Break, break those chains. There's a way out. You know, but it, that, that's that old story of, of, of the bird that's lived in the cage so long, when you open the door, it doesn't want to leave. You say, you've got all the sky, all the planet to fly through. What are you doing in the cage? And the teacher helps to open up the cage door. And bird says, no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm not good with that. <laughs> you know, anything could happen out there. I'm safe here. You know? So this whole sadhana thing sometimes takes a lot of time because the teacher sort of kind of coach you out of the cage so that you have this infinite vista to fly through, you know, you know all the trees and valleys and regions that you can travel to, but you've learned to live in the cage, you know. It's a very tough job to get people out of the cage, you know. It takes a lot of courage to get out of the cage. You ever go to a diving class, you know, in school we took a swimming class and they, you know, they have the the four-foot dive, the six-foot dive, the you know, ten-foot dive. You know, it's like, whoa, when you get higher up, it's like, I don't want to go over. You know, it's, it's like that. You know, you see all your buddies dive, diving over, and no problem, they're coming up laughing. But, you know, I remember going up there and being scared as heck. Yeah. Thinking, you know, that was my psychic limitation. See, everybody else went off the diving board at ten feet, and... They came up okay, they came up smiling. I'm like, whoa, I don't want to deal with this. But that's us all, you know, we, we, we all, that was my own, even with fact of all of my friends going off the edge and coming up just fine, I had that limitation. Like, I don't want to dive off this 10 foot board. See, was it, was it real? No, was it real to me? Yes, <laughs> you know. See, but that was a limitation that I put on myself. See, and I was acting it out, living it out. So, we have to realize that uh, how many how many things we put on ourselves, how many things that we accept, that uh, really change the course of our life and, and change whether we live a very safe, conservative life where we live a, an adventurous, expansive, more insightful life. See? You know, as, as long as you're going to live, live! Live! You know, try to, try to see what your bondage is and get out from under it. 
that's this, this, that's this yogic process. Yoga is a profoundly revolutionary practice. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not a fad. It's, it's a revolutionary practice, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, psychically, spiritually. It's revolutionary. You know, Jesus was a revolutionary. Buddhist was a revol- Buddha was a revolutionary. Krishna was a revolutionary. They're, they're breaking the bounds. You know, they're, you're saying I'm mortal. They're saying you're immortal. You know? We're saying I die. No, they're saying you have eternal life. You know, come on. The journey that we've got to go on to see what they're talking about. Because we're all saying I'm small, I'm weak, I'm, I'm mortal. No, they're saying no. You're born of immortality. You're born of divine light. See, that's, that's a yogic journey. To, to, to see what our true potentiality is. So we, you, you can start with that very easy prayer uh, that uh, Swami Sivananda Radha uh, was putting out there. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's easy. You know, a lot of peop- you people are, are in offices and such. But you, you can take a few minutes, you know, just prior to your lunchtime, and just while sitting at your desk, you know, do that prayerful affirmation, you know, in, in your mind. You know, and I say, do it four or five times. You know, you can sit at your desk quietly and just press one finger down and say the prayer, and then press the next finger down and say the prayer so that you can count, you know, so that you have a consistent... Um, numbers. You can say it five times to yourself and then then have holy miracle. And then have five minutes of, of, of silence. Come on in. Wow, people are coming in at all different times. Sorry we have this big table today in the room. And Matthew's here. Oh Ram Krishna, Ram Krishna. Wow, welcome, welcome, welcome. People are filtering in at all different times today. <laughs> um, just, uh, it's a little rainy. Yeah. So by doing that, uh, that prayerful affirmation, and then uh, doing some deep reflection. There's another chair over here. And uh, okay, we already settled in here. Yeah, there's a chair right there. So by, by doing that uh, divine light invocation, you're, uh, you're giving yourself an opportunity for greater freedom via sort of insightful redefinition to, to see where your place in the world is and, and what you really are. So it's, I am created by divine light. I am sustained by divine light. I am protected by divine light. I am surrounded by divine light. I am ever growing into divine light. See, there's five lines in that. And you could say it, you know, five times sitting at your desk and then, you know, sit quietly just for five minutes. Let it sink in. Don't think. Just think while you're saying it to yourself. But after that, just hold the silence because 
You want your intuitive self. You have your reflective self when you're thinking about the prayer, and then when you sit in silence, you're allowing your intuitive, intuitive self to have an opportunity to, to come online. See? So, that's a prayer that I really uh, recommend uh, that, that you practice. You know, that can really change your life. Now, there's two other phases to that. Uh, th this becomes like the sadhana, where if, you know, you could, you could have um, a type of personal intensive, where you can say, okay, I'm going to practice this uh, uh, prayerful invocation three times in a day. You know, morning, noon, night, or morning, afternoon, night, however you want to do it, as long as it's consistent. So you can say, I am created by divine light. That could be your morning prayer. And then the afternoon or, or lunchtime or afternoon prayer uh, can be, I am created by divine will. Anytime you put the word light in, just substitute the word will. You know, I am created by divine will. I am supported by divine will. I am protected by divine will. I am surrounded by divine will. I am ever growing into divine will. That's the second part of that particular sadhana. And it gives you another way of looking at the reality. You know, that that you are created as a, a conscious act of divine will. That's another way of looking at yourself that you hadn't thought about before. See? You weren't an accident. You know, how many people are walking around thinking, I have no place in the world, I'm this. You know, they're looking very negative at themselves. You know? But if you were a, an act of divine will, that's a whole other point of view. Of, of, of how you see yourself. You're not a mistake. You're not an, a you're not an accident. You're not inadequate. Okay? You are a conscious act of divine will. That's another reality. Then the third aspect of, of this sadhana, you can do it for seven days, just, just to see, just to shake your boat, to shake your reality, to, you know, to get another vision of yourself, to, to think way, way, way out of the box, because we're all products of habitual thinking. The, the, the yogis want to break that up. Yogis are like fire in your life. They're going to burn up all the baloney and, and just leave what's natively you. That's our job. What's really, really, really you, <coughs> that's what we want. Everything else, got to go. One way or the other, it's got to go. See? That's why it takes so long, because we're like hanging on to a lot of stuff. You know? I like the way my nose is. <laughs> we don't want you to be superficial. We want you to get deep. <laughs> we want you to be deep. <laughs> okay. Okay, the third the third aspect of that sadhana is every way every place you put in the word divine light. And then the second part was divine will. Then the, th the third phase is <laughs> divine love. 
I am created by divine love. I, I am sustained by divine love. I am protected by divine love. I am surrounded by divine love. I am ever growing into divine love. Okay? Okay, it means the kingdom loves you, for God's sakes. You know, so, you know how many women running around or how many boys are running around saying, I'm not loved, I'm unlovable, no one cares for me. Do you know how many human beings are running around like that with a sense of being unloved? But now all of a sudden you're saying, wait a minute. I was birthed by divine love. I mean, I was, a, I was really, really, really created out of, out of an act of love. Now, isn't that going to sort of rock your boat and change your self-definition? You know, how many boys are marrying the wrong girls and how many girls are marrying the wrong boys because they just, I got to get something because I'm not lovable. You know, <laughs> better something than nothing. You know, I mean, how many people are living like that? You know, you, you get real. You know, we look at our buddies and think, oh my God, what are you doing there? You know, you, you know you, you, some of your girlfriends think, what are you doing? Are you marrying that guy? Are you out of your mind? You know, you know we all, we've all lived long enough to see that. You know, you know you're like, why are you, why are you marrying that mess? The guy's a junkie, man. It can't end well. This can't end well. You know? You know, is that going to end well? Of course not. Of course not. The guy's got so many problems. So, but, you know, because we don't have that value of ourselves, that we can't see that we're actually born out of a cosmic love, we sort of accept, we make devalued decisions in our life. You know, we hook up with the wrong people, you know, because we ourselves are feeling inadequate and are moving through the world saying something's better than nothing. See? You know, but if you, if you acquire this sort of psychic treasury, now you're like valuing yourself. Wait a minute, I'm born out of divine love. I'm not accepting anything less than that. You know, all of a sudden you're up in your standards here. <laughs> you know? You, know, you, you, you got to kick a lot of people to the curb. You know? They, that they're going to make a mess in your life. And it's because you've accepted less. You've accepted much lower standards, much more boundaries. You know? If you're thinking yourself as a princess, you're looking for a prince. You know? If you're thinking you're a dog, you're probably going to look for something that barks. Okay? <laughs> you got to get real about your self-image. You know, about... Your, your quiet, hidden, personal, deep self-image. Because that's what you're going to look for in the world. You know? So, by doing this type of a sadhana, it allows you to be much... It, it, it allows you to see... It gives you the opportunity to see yourself the way the saints see you. Not the way your mother, your brother, your sister, your friend sees you. Your culture sees you. Society sees you. The way the saints see you. Who are really the ones who have the greatest vision. Your mother, your brother, your sister, your friend may be nice people. But they're not enlightened. They're just people trying to do the best they can with what they got. See? They're all bound up. 
they're all bound up with issues. So they're, they're not seeing so straight. The saints are the ones, the saints and the great masters are the ones who are seeing straight. So if you take up a, a prayer like that, divine light invocation, you're, you're utilizing the vision of the saints, how they see you. They're, they're looking at your deepest reality. See? They're not looking at your volatile nature. They're looking at your deepest reality. You know, how you should really see yourself. How you should really conduct yourself in the world. What your true, deeper culture is. See, you have the volatile, you know, national, racial, you know, economic culture that you live in. And then there's the culture of your beingness. What you really were. You know, what God sent into the world. See? So, you know, you're going to live based on how you define yourself. See? You're going to live based on how bound up you strap yourself to limited uh, visions of yourself, limited potentialities of yourself. The yoga method is to, is to break all the boundaries, to have you come into your absolute, full native self, not your contrived self, not what people have put upon you, you know, not how people see you, or even how you see your limited self. You see? We want you to see yourself in your deepest, truest, fullest self. That's how we want you to see yourself. See? Not, I am of this culture, or I am of this race, or I am of this nationality. Come on. Come on. You say, I'm so proud of this nationality. Well, what if you were born in the next, na- in the next country over? Can you see how volatile it is? You know, you know, you just happen to be born there. You happen to be born in this family. This family has money. This family doesn't have money. You know, so you have a different vi- vision. Come on, man. That, that was like Russian roulette. That's just the dice you got. You know, that's the cards you got played. So you could get the next hand is a totally different set of cards. So that's all volatile stuff. The, the yoga method is to say what what is real. What is really, really, really real? You know, not the economic deck you got handed or the color of your skin or your nationality. You know, that was just the luck of the draw. See? Is, is that really who you are? Is a rich person better than a poor person? Of course not. Of course not. Are they any moral? No. Are they any more ethical? No. Are they any more human? No. They're not. See? You know, did, 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 did God make a poor soul and a not poor soul? Or did he make souls? Or did that reality create souls? They're all, they're all beings of God. All children of God, man. So get over your limitations. And, oh, that one's better than me. Forget it. That's rubbish. Throw that rubbish out. So by, by saying this type of uh, divine light prayer, divine light invocation, divine light reflection, you're, you're giving yourself an opportunity to completely redefine yourself. So if you can do that kind of a sadhana, just as a, in the beginning, it's just a personal experiment. 
you know, to do it three times a day. And each time you do it, say that prayer five times and then sit for five minutes. You know, meaning just holding the silence. Just your job is to pay attention to silence, not to create anything. Do it seven days. Just seven days as your own personal psychic experiment. See? And it's good later on. Take notes about the, the novel ideas that, that come up. You know, different ideas will come up because you never put yourself in that circumstance before. But if you do this kind of thing, and then you, you take it further and say, okay, I did that seven-day experiment. Now how can I integrate it into my life? You know, just start working on it. Just, just start every single day. I'm going to do, do it X amount of times. And over time, you're, you're building a new, expansive, less limited self-image. See? You know, as your self-image changes, your opportunities <laughs> in life change. Because you're projecting, you know, this is who I am. This is my potentiality. You know, if you go into the door thinking you're a beggar, well, everyone's going to treat you like a beggar because that's how you tagged yourself. You tagged yourself as a beggar, so everyone can say, oh, he's the beggar. You know? See, you, 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 you got to manifest what you are. And people say, okay, if you tell me your name is Johnny, I'm going to accept your name as Johnny. You know? If you, if you say, if you walk in the door and say, I'm a beggar, well, okay, this is the beggar dude. See, you're tagging yourself. You're tagging yourself. So, you, you know... If you walk in the door with a, a sense of self-esteem, I'm a child of God. Well, who can put that down? You know, who has any authority to put that down when you say I'm a child of God? You know, nobody, nobody on the planet can put that down. See, you know, that, that's a glorious statement. That's a glorious statement. That's real self-esteem. You know, that means you have all possibilities, no limitation. So, you do some, a sadhana like that, and you're practicing yoga. See? It becomes part of your, your personal culture. See? You, you have to create your own personal yogic culture. See? Just like we all have our own particular dietetics. I'm an omnivore. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a, I'm a vegan. Nobody, once you accept that, you don't think about it. That's just what you are, what you do. So sadhana should be just like that, you know, that I'm a prayerful person, you know. Hey, who could put that down for God's sake? Just say I'm a prayerful person, you know, that that prayer is part of my life. You know, who has the authority to put that down? Nobody. Anyone who says anything other than that is an idiot, being completely frank. You know, or I'm a person that practices meditation. Who could put that down? These are exalted things, prayer and meditation. These are, these are exalted things. These are things of God and the saints. See? These are dispensations to man. See? So we have, to, we have to own these sacred practices. Just like you own, I am an omnivore, or you own, I am a vegetarian. You own it. It's yours. Who can take that from you? Nobody. You, got, you have to be able to own, I'm a prayerful person. You have to be able to own, I believe in meditation. See? You got to own, I respect the saints. You got to own it. You got to accept it. You got to own it. There's no debate. There's no debate. You know, I love the saints. 
There's nobody on this planet who can debate with me whether that's of value. One more person coming home. This is such an odd day. People coming, <laughs> people coming through the door all kinds of times. <laughs> Come on in. Wow, Ram Krishna, what a surprise. You can do the shoe stuff in here. Come sit next to me over here with the baby. Wow. So, yeah. See, so, what, what I'm trying to give you uh, is, a, is, is a method. A method that you can practice. I'm not trying to teach you high technical meditation or any of this kind of stuff. You know, there's, there's so many new people in the room today. But we've we got to find a method that's real, that's workable, and that's doable. And that's not like so far abstract that you don't know what the heck I'm talking about. You, you, you can sit in the back or here, whatever you like. See? So I'm trying to give you stuff that you can do, see? And that I know for a fact will change your life. You know, you know you have, I, I've been thinking about these, these uh, methods for over 45 years. See? And the only reason I would hold on to a practice that long is because I know it works. <laughs> like if you buy a junk car, don't you think you're going to get rid of it as fast as can? And if you, like I used to have a Toyota that was a fantastic car. Nothing would kill that car. I mean, it was crazy. I held on to that forever. I turned the dial over four times on that car because it wouldn't die. That car started up every day. No problems. So you hang on to it. So, you know, you hold on to what works. So I'm, I'm telling you a very simple method that I know works. You know, it, it, it will show up. It'll do its job. You know, the job is, is to liberate you. It is to get you free and to get you into a place of full of potentiality for you to fulfill yourselves, not to be strapped down by all these visions of, of, of who you are that are very, very limited. Just baloney that you've been told. You know, advertising that you sort of absorbed unconsciously. You, you self-defined yourself in a very, very low, minimal way. You know, when you're a child of God, I mean, nobody can put any shade on that. You're a child of God. That's a fact. You know? So, you got to see it. You, you got to see it. You got to own it. But in order to see it and to own it, you got to practice it. See? Saying it one time and saying, oh, that was a feel-good moment, that's not enough. You got to own it. So, that's why you constantly say these, you know, types of prayers over and over and over until that becomes part of your identity. See? And that you're living it out. You know? If, you, if you're consciously aware, I'm a child of God, now who can show, throw any shade on that? Nobody. Nobody on this planet can show it any shade on you saying I'm a child of God and, ha and having that, you know, sense of 
I was born in the righteous, man. I was born in the righteous. See? That's part of your identity. People can say all kinds of things left and right, up and down about you. That's not how you define yourself. If you define yourself as part of the glory of God, that's how you define yourself. There's no shadow, there's no shade on that. You know, no one can tell you other. You have to take this in. See? So do it this type of a sadhana. It's a very simple sadhana, but it's a very powerful sadhana. You know, this is freeing you. This is getting the bird out of the cage. See? So that you you have empowerment. You 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 you're not an accident. You're not low. You're you're empowered child of God. You're born of divine light. You're born of divine will. You're born of divine love. Come on. Have you identified yourself that way? Have you truly identified yourself that way? Or have you identified yourself other? Okay? The yogi is here to get you off the other and to get you onto the real. To get you seeing yourself as you are. To see yourself as the kingdom sees you. To see yourself as the saints see you. See? So if you look at the, the life of Jesus, he, he goes off to the, to the, uh, to the uh, well, and a person of low caste is there. Quote, quote, low caste. Did he see her as low caste? Absolutely not. Absolutely. He saw that as a he saw that woman as a child of God. See? Now the society is saying, oh, she's a low caste. Don't accept water from her hand. Jesus is saying, give me a break. This is a child of God. You know? Go and sin no more. See? Correct your area. You're as righteous as anybody else. See? So we have to start to see ourselves as the great saints, the great masters see us. There's that, there's that hidden, infinite, divine potentiality. You know, they're, they're seeing your freedom, your ability, your potentiality, not your constructed limitations. See? And the whole process of yoga is to unbind you from these corrupt limitations that you've, you yourself have accepted. See? You know, you're, you're seeing yourself through the eyes of man, not through the eyes of the sacred. See? There's a whole psychic shift there that has to happen. We want you to see yourself through the eyes of God, through the eyes of the saints, through the eyes of the, of the masters. See? If, if you see yourself that way and identify yourself that way, don't you think your whole life is going to change? Your whole reality is going to change? Your, your whole sense of living potentiality is going to change? See? Can you understand how you're bound? See? The yogi is there to help you unbind. Break those chains. Redefine yourself. But redefine yourself in the context of the sacred. In in union with the sacred. Not with the doctors. Not with the philosophers. Not with the sociologists. With the saints and the masters. See? Those, those, Those men and women of sanctity are the last word. See? 
They're the arbiters of what's going on, not the physicians, not the doctors, not the sociologists, not the philosophers. They're all making an honest effort, but they're at a much lower level. See? Those saints and masters are living in communion with the kingdom. Let them be the last word. Not your brother, not your mother, not your sister, not your friend. <laughs> they're all bound up just like you. you know? If they're in a cage and you're in a cage, why are you asking them for advice? They're in a cage also. You, know, you don't ask the next cellmate you know, how to get free. He's in a cell. Come on, get real. If you want to get free, talk to the people who are free. They're in the same soup. That's right. That's right. You know? So that's exactly right. If you want questions of freedom, ask the free. You know, don't ask the bound. See? We're asking them. We're going to all these different... I know a lot of psychologists and people like that. A lot. And I also know their personal life. Please. They're as messed up as you are. You know? They really are. They've got... So many issues, just like you, you know. It's just like they've just figured out how to make money on it. <laughs> Not putting them down, you know, because they're making an honest effort. But please, they've got as many issues as you do. You know, I know the personal life of many. So if you want to be free, look to the free. That's why you read the scriptures. That's why you read the biographies of saints, see. Because that's the words of the free. You know, and they'll show you the struggle that they have to go through to become free. See? So they, they're, they're like before and after. You know, a lot of times you read the life of a saint. In the beginning, you know, he's just like, like a St. Francis. If you read a, bio, a simple biography of St. Francis, he was just like a happy-go-lucky playboy in the beginning. And at the end of his life, he's a full-blown saint. He's like the real deal. You know, he, he came to realize who and what he was. See? He didn't start out that way. He started out just like us. He had family problems just like us. You know, he had issues with his dad just like us. You know, come on. But, you know, he had turmoil. He went to war. He had turmoil. You know, stolen in prison. <laughs> Finally gets out of prison. <laughs> you know, but... Prison wasn't too bad a thing for him because it gave him time to think and it gave him time to pray. Yeah. You'll see that in contemporary times with Martin Luther King. You know, he was challenged and thrown in jail, all kinds of problems. He's thinking about it. Or you look at Mahatma Gandhi. He's thrown in jail all the time. It gave him time to think. See? See? He became a truly, truly sanctified soul. So, if we, if we read these biographies of great souls and masters, Mahatmas, saints and masters, we see sort of an arc of evolution, an arc of unbinding themselves, see? And, and, and their emanation in the world, what they did in the world, see? And the, left, and the message they left, the liberating message they left in the world, see? Don't you think you're endowed with that same ability? Absolutely. Why haven't you done it? 
bondage. Bondage. That's all it is. We're bound by all these self-images that are profoundly limited. Limited. See? So, the yogi is there to, to constantly whisper in your ear, practice, 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 reflect, 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 look deeply through qualified sources. Not your mother, your brother, your sister, your friend. God bless them all. But they're bound just like you. They're in the same boat, just like you. You know, look for the exalted souls. What doesn't make a difference. All religions manifest saints. All of them. I don't care what religion you are. There's a saint there. Or multiple saints there. Men and women. Saints are not just guys. Please. Please. Men and women. In, in equal quality and quantity. Why don't we hear about a lot of women saints? Because the guys control the printing press. That's all. That's the only reason you don't hear about a ton of women saints. There's as many women saints as there are men saints. They're all children of a God. These are all elevated beings. These are all unbound. The unbound. See? So that's... <laughs> so that's where we're all going. So are there any... Uh, any questions or ideas? Where is Stephen? Where is Steve? Oh, back. Are, are there any... Because all of us that I realized didn't see him. Are there any ideas or questions or, or thoughts about what we've talked about today? I've given you a very easy but very, very powerful method within the yoga process today. This is what I originally wanted to talk about today. But we had to ease into it because there's so many new people. Mm -hmm. any, any questions and ideas or, or reflections on what, what I've discussed today yes if you're following um, this practice it seems easier to connect with those that are moving in the same direction as you than those that may not be mm -hmm. how, how do you work with People that are moving in the opposite direction that are either family or close to you like they're bringing in a certain level of toxicity and you're trying to lift yourself out of that that's an excellent question I mean that's a really good question really you, you can't live by other people's limitations you know you have to find your strength your ability your potentiality and start living it. There's, there's multiple ways of, of dealing with life. If someone is super toxic, then we say, God bless you, see you later. You know, sometimes it's just too much. You hang with them, you go into prison. You know, mentally, physically, emotionally, somehow, you, you, you're gonna go into the dump. It's like, God bless you, I'll catch you later. Like I had buddies like that when I was a kid. They were a lot of fun, but they're either dead or in prison. <laughs> you know? And so I knew that I'm not rolling with that, that group because I, I could see where they were going. Mm -hmm. So it's like, God bless you guys. See you later. You know? That's why I'm still here today. <laughs> so the, the, the guys who are doing that, they're not bad. They're just on a road that's it's not going to end well. Uh -huh. So it's like, God bless you guys. See you later. 
So we have to do that. And then there's some people we just have to live with because they're like your family member. They're not going anywhere. Again, you, you, you create a, a distance and just pray for them. You know, you're not going to change them. You know, they're on their own journey. They're going to do their own thing. They're not going to take your advice. You just pray for them. But you have to maintain your integrity. You have to say, this is who I am. This is what I do. There's no debate on that. This is who I am. This is what I do. And then you pray for them and you live your life. See? But you have to maintain your integrity, your strength. You know? You're on your journey. You're not on their journey. So don't let anybody influence you. Understand what your journey is. Get at it. But we have to be compassionate about their journey. You know, everybody's got the right to live their life. Right or wrong, up or down, let them live their life. But we pray for them. May you be well. Good luck. You know, so we, don't, so we just have to get some distance, enforce, this is who I am, this is what I do. Like, I live the path of yoga. There's no getting around that for me. There's no, there's no uh, me saying, oh, I, I'm a yogi. No, no, no. I stick my chest out and say, this is who I am, this is what I do. If you like it, fine. You don't like it, fine. God bless you. See you later. See, you've got to own your own identity. You know, people don't like it. That's okay. It's, it's completely okay. If they don't understand my life, no problem. You know, enjoy. Be good. Like I have friends of completely different political views. I still think they're great people. I think they may be personally very deluded, but I like them as human beings. You know, you know. It's it's just okay. You've got your own journey. You got your own journey. God bless you. So maintain your own personal strength. This is who I am. This is what I do. But respect their journey. You know, and pray for them. That's what we do. See? So, some you run from because it's, it's just a disaster coming down the line. Some you got to live with. So you have to have personal strength. This is who I am, this is what I do. But you have to be compassionate. You have to res- be respectful and compassionate. <coughs> I respect your journey, you know, your life. You've, this is what you've chosen. And I, I pray for your welfare. But don't tell them you pray for your welfare. Just say, that, that's in your yeah, own heart. Yeah, yeah. That's in your own heart. You know, <laughs> and that's it. I mean, there's no out in this world. When you're in, you're in. <laughs> you know, you're in. You you, you got to deal with it. But you have to have your own internal reality, your own internal vision. You know, and that's it. You go with your vision. You know, respect everybody, pray for everybody, but hold on to your vision. And then, as a as a person who is trying to advance. Try to try to say my always try to say my a vision is evolving. So as I study scriptures and I study the biographies of saints, um, I will acquire a greater and greater vision. See, so, so don't be, don't say this is it. No, that's not it. You know, as, as your consciousness expands, your reality expands. So we have to always look to our betters, like I. The saints are my betters. The masters are my betters. So that's, those are my mentors. See? So we're always trying to grow into that greater and greater vision. See? And then by studying the prayers 
of the saints. When you study the prayers of saints, you're studying the psychology and the worldview of saints. See? Don't think, oh, it's just a prayer, something they uttered, you know, and that was it. No, 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 no. That is their psychology is in there. That is their worldview. So you should be saying, why do they see it this way? And if I see it this way and they see it that way and they're my better, I got something to learn. Mm-hmm. See, I, my, my vision has to evolve. So why do they say this? Why do they see the world that way? You know, what happened to them to make them come to that, that point of view or that vision? See? So we have to be always striving and growing into a larger, more expansive vision. You know, how could a Jesus be crucified and yet pray, have so much compassion and so much humanity to pray for those who persecute him? Come on, man. Can you see the grandeur, the spiritual grandeur of that consciousness? Where he can pray in earnest for the welfare of those who crucify him? That is the definition of spirituality right there. You know? To pray, pray for God's mercy on their behalf. Un, unimaginable. Fantastic. That's unimaginable spiritual consciousness. See? So, that's our future. See? That's our future. That's our destiny. So we've got to always be looking to these great masters to, to grow into their reality and to, and to break our limitations. See? We're, we're in the world, so we got to deal with it. we got to deal with it. But we have to hold on to ourselves. This is who I am. This is what I do. Respect of everybody's journey. They have the right to their journey, just like you have the right to your journey. But we have to pray for everybody. See? That way, we live with a compassionate heart. You know? Otherwise, if, if, you're, if you're not constantly cultivating a compassionate heart, what are you doing? Think about it. If you're not working on it, what are you doing? What's, what's happening to your heart? See? You know, your heart is like a plant that needs to be watered. If it's not watered, it dries up. See, it, it loses what it is. So that process of, of, of living compassion and praying for the welfare of others is really, really, really important. <clears throat> Think about it. If, if you're not cultivating your heart, what are you doing? Who are you becoming? What are you becoming? See? A monster is a person who's out of contact with their heart. And then they can do monstrous things. They're out of touch with their heart. See? When you're in touch with your heart, whom can you hurt? See? 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 You could beat the heck out of a Mahatma Gandhi. You know, he's going to physically, emotionally, mentally not do one harmful thing. You know, compassionate, like a Jesus. Compassionate, like a Buddha. Compassionate, you know, like a Sri Krishna. Wisdom, compassion. See? They're, they're in touch with their d- deeper self. So, any other, any other thoughts, questions? See? You know, these prayers make you like Teflon. The baloney of the world doesn't stick. Because if you start to identify yourself as truly a divinely righteous being, and somebody says other, does it stick? No, it doesn't stick. That's like somebody calling you by the wrong name. It doesn't stick. See? 
So you, this, this, this gets you into what, you, what and who you really are. So you learn, you learn to live in the world with your own personal spiritual dignity of which nobody can assail. See, nobody can pull you down. Nobody can minimize you. Nobody can limit you because you have your own sense of, of self. See? Somebody calls you by the wrong name. Are you offended? No. Do you realize they're in error? Yes. Do you walk away? Yeah, it's nothing. It means nothing. <clears throat> so you can't be insulted anymore because you just realize they're ignorant. <laughs> they're ignorant. They're calling me by the wrong name. I'm so-and-so. I'm this. You know, I'm a righteous child of God. See? Anybody that calls you anything other than that is just simply ignorant. You understand? You know, trying to get your sense of what you are. If you're thinking of yourself as, a, as an honest, righteous, righteous child of God, anybody calls you anything other than that, they're not bad. They're ignorant. They're ignorant. You just accept that. Go on. You didn't define yourself by their ignorance. Limit yourself by their ignorance. See? So this type of reflective prayer is very, very important. And this is what the, the, the great Swami... Uh, Shivananda Radha taught me many, 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 many years ago. Decades ago, literally. <laughs> you know? See? So, I'm trying to pass the, those types of practices on to you so that you can... The Chinese had a beautiful way of saying it. They said, to see your true face. That's how the Chinese say it. Beautiful way of saying it. To see your true face. See? So, by this type of prayer practice, you get to see your true face. See? Any other questions, ideas, thoughts? <laughs> huh? <laughs> this is a prototypical beautiful baby here. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is Sean. Today there are lots of children in the room. <laughs> so they're all they're all they have the karma to hear this uh, satsang. Otherwise it's not possible. Everybody here you're here because of your past prayers. You're here because of... This is destiny being fulfilled. You know, you had particular questions. Even if you don't know why you're here, you're here because of a past prayer. That, that created the karma for you to be here because you could be anyplace else. You know? You could be at the cafe. You could be at the laundromat. You could be anywhere. You could be in bed. You know? But you have the karma to be here. See? So... This is, this is God answering your, 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 your prayers and uh, your inquiry. And your, your, you know, everybody has a prayer sometime in their life like, God, give me a break and show me a way out of this. You know, I'm in a mess. I've got to get out. Everybody has that happen. You're here. You, you, you're, getting a, you're catching a break. You know, and you're being shown a way out. See? And uh, you're, tr you're finding your true face, your true face, see, that you are, without a doubt, a righteous child of God. But you, you, you've, you've got to own it. If you don't own it, you know, you're all bound up in your own limitations, see. So by saying this kind of a, a reflective prayer that Swami Sivananda Radha would constantly promote to her students. Um, 
it, it's it's a it's a yoga, it's it's a path to freedom, you know, using this type of reflective prayer. Any any other questions, ideas? Any questions, Miss? You've been so quiet. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Don't worry if I put you on this one. I do it to him also. I'll, I'll say, hey, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> You're you're from Victor's climbing activities. Okay. okay. All righty. Any thoughts? Any more? Susan, anything? Sadna? Soaking it all in. Does it even make sense? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. I've kept it heard about a thousand times. That's all of us. You know, the the teacher's job is to say everything ten thousand times. That's our job. You know, because we're thick, basically, as human beings, we're thick, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. mama says, don't play in the street. How many times does she have to tell us that before we get with it? <laughs> you know, you know, come on, that, that, that's just the human nature, we, you know. So, the Dharma teacher is like a one-note horn. You know, they're always like saying, head north, head north, head north. You know, that, that's all the Dharma teacher is saying all the time. You know? You know we're going, you know, there's 360 degrees on a compass, you know, and there's only one true north. You know? You know, we're all going all our own. We've we got our own journeys this way, that way, that way. Eventually, you know, you sort of narrow it in, narrow it in, head north, head north. It, it, it takes time. That's why, you know, in, from a Hindu point of view, you have many, 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 many births. You know, can you imagine to become a Jesus or a Krishna or a Buddha in one life? Come on, give me a break. Is that compassionate to say that you could do that in one life? You know, can you be a good person in one life? Definitely. But to be a, a Buddha or a Jesus or a Krishna or, a, you know, any of the great prophets in one life? Come on, that's a project. So... You just have to constantly be working on it, working on it. And in every birth, there'll be Dharma teachers telling you, head north, head north, head north. You know? And they'll tell it to you based on your, your culture, whether you're Islamic or you know, Christian or Buddhist or whatever, whatever religion you were born into. There's some teacher there saying, head north. See? And some teacher telling you, be still. It's in every, every tradition. No matter where you are, someone is saying, pray and be still. In every culture, every tradition, every geography, every language, pray, be still. What's interesting, too, is I've known you, what, 15 years now? Yeah. 15, 16, but the same notes are in the tune, you know? Like you, Absolutely. It doesn't shift. It is those same you know, truth basic is the truth. notes. You know, it's it's like mathematics. One is one is one. Yeah, you know? exactly. Zero is zero is zero. It's not going to change. <laughs> you know? So, anyway, we, we just tr- try to say the same thing in novel ways. Mm-hmm. So that sometimes we sing one, sometimes we say one, you know? But we're saying the same thing over and over. Just so that you, if you can't catch it this way, you catch it that way. Mm-hmm. You know? That's all that's being done. You know, in, until you just say, you know what the heck, he's been saying this for years, I'm going to try it out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, let, let me give it a shot. What, what do I got to lose? You know? And the truth is the truth. Yeah. One truth, right? Right. You know, you, you got to test it. That's the, all the yogis want you to do. You don't have to believe us. You have to test, test what we say. That's it. And then it's up, you, know, you, 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 run, you run an honest test and see for yourself. If it works, use it. If it doesn't work, give it up. Find some other means. That's fair. That's fair. There's a million ways. There's a, there's a million experiments. We'll just keep throwing out experiments for you until you find something that works for you. You know? Any other questions, uh, thoughts, ideas? I finally did get to what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> that divine life invocation. No thoughts, no questions. Does it, does it make rational sense to you? You know, do you understand how bound up you are? Well, you understand that you're bound. You don't understand how bound. That's the problem. And we're trying to get you real about how bound you are. You know, how many stories you've accepted about yourself that you've other people have told you and you've told yourself. You know, we're trying to we're trying to get you real about what you really are. You know, how does how do the masters see you? How do the saints see you? as opposed to how your mother sees you, you know, or your brother, your sister, or friend see you, see? So anyway, this is a freedom path. Yoga is a freedom path. And it's, yoga exists within all religions, see? Yoga is, is the universal quiet method within all traditions. It's the, it's the mystic method within all the religions. That's the yoga of the religion. There's yoga in Christianity. There's yoga in Judaism. There's yoga in Islam. See, there's yoga in Hinduism. See, every religion, there is yoga there. It's the path of the saints and mystics within that those traditions, those religion, religious traditions, or uh, wisdom traditions. Okay, ready? Okay. Any closing questions? I hope I've made my point today and giving you some kind of practical means uh, for you to practice. And what we'll do is uh, I'll have, um, uh, I'll have this, this prayer sent out to all of you uh, through your email. I'll have Stephen send it out to you. So you'll have divine light, divine will, divine love. Those, those, those three principles have to be constantly, constantly worked. So that you, you, so that you, it's like this is your divine inheritance and you're not accepting your own inheritance. You know, it's like here's a gazillion dollars and you're saying no. Or here's a gazillion dollars, you say, ah, I'll get to it later. You know? you know, this is your inheritance. You know, you were born of divine light. You're born of divine will. You're born of divine love. That's your inheritance. That's what you're really about. Not all the other stuff that human beings have told you. This is how the saints see you and how the masters see you. Born of divine light. Born of divine will. Born of divine love. That's how the great masters see you. See? And that's, that's the greater truth that you have to accept. Not what limited fraction personalities have defined you as. See? 
Okay? It's another reality. Another, a truer self-image. See? So anyway, if you had your family defining you and you had Jesus defining you, who's the greater arbiter of who you are? Can you understand my point? Or Buddha, or Krishna, see? As opposed to your family and your society. Who's the greater arbiter of who you are? Who and what you are? Come on, man. I'm going with Jesus, Buddha, Krishna. <laughs> Not what my brother, sister, and friend has said, had to say. You know? So, that kind of prayer, I, I am born of divine light. I am born of divine will. I am born of divine love. That's what the masters are saying. That, that's their vision of you. That's their reality. You know? as opposed to your society and your family. See? So anyway, this is a path of growth. A path of deeper divine insight into who and what you are. Okay, enough of Hari speaking. Well, again, we'll chant Om uh, three times. And they say, Om will take you home. (laughs) 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 We need to complete fullness. So with the spine erect, take a deep breath in. Oh.